Welcome, listeners, to Goddard in the World podcast. It is a project of the Goddard Alumni Council, highlighting Goddard alumni accomplishments in the world. My name is Casey Corona, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with Amanda Faye Laxon, my other co-host. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Casey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good. It's so nice to chat with you, and I'm so excited for our interview today. Lindsay Drosher is our uh, is our guest, and she is a Goddard EDU alumni that I went to school with. Um, Yay. Yeah, it's, it was so nice to interview Lindsay. She has a wonderful sense of progressive and alternative education. I love the idea of the purity in which she was able to come into into that world of education. There's both, you know, challenges when you um, when you experience other formats of learning, and then there's also something um, beautiful about not necessarily being, you know, uh, harmed in that way. And Lindsay mm-hmm. really able to work and discover holistic education and democratic education through her time at Goddard and actually prior to Goddard. And she was doing it without knowing she was doing it. Um, yeah. which is really, really a uh, wonderful way to sort of feel, oh, this makes sense. And that works well. Um, some of us had to sort of work through that based upon the negative uh, times we've had in, in school as well. So uh, very, very sweet. Um, nice, intelligent uh, person who is really doing some amazing stuff out there in the education world. Oh, yeah. Lindsay, um, this is the first time I met Lindsay, and she's, like, super awesome and exciting. Um, Like, it's... uh, What struck me about her is how much she has excelled in pretty much whatever field that she wants to, (laughs) or, like, whatever role she wants to. And... um, I'm like excited to see what she do, does next. Um, it's yeah, she's 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 an incredible person, uh, super intelligent, and yeah, she was she was great to talk to. That, that's so true. Lindsay is uh, one of those people that can sort of dive into anything and be super successful, and it's just wonderful to see the hard work and the effort that she put into it. And you know, in the end, a lot of that sort of work is exhausting and hard. And sometimes you need a break, you need to train, change and adjust and adapt, let others step up. And that's where her transition is going to lead her into the future. But like most Goddardites, we're always a work in progress and we're always lifelong learners. So without any further ado, here's Lindsay Josher. Well, hello, Goddard in the World podcast fans. Uh, this is Casey Corona with Amanda Laxon, and we're here for our interview this morning. And this interview is with Lindsay uh, Dosher. I think that's correct, somewhat correct. Um, uh, Lindsay, you have to correct me on that. Um, but um, Lindsay was born and raised in Vermont. She worked in the field of early childhood education for over 17 years. During that time, she worked as an after-school teacher, a teaching assistant, uh, a lead classroom teacher, and spent her final three years in education as the head of school at a progressive and holistic uh, education school in Williston. Vermont. Lindsay left the field of education in the fall of 2020 to pursue a career in holistic wellness field. Uh, 
Currently, she is taking time to rest and decompress, as we all are, especially during COVID, for sure, while exploring and developing new skills to work towards building a holistic wellness practice. Lindsay enjoys all kinds of things, including outdoors, uh, hiking, gardening, and backcountry skiing. Uh, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks to be here. We are so excited to have you here today and to go through sort of your journey, both with Goddard and, and pre-Goddard and and how you sort of um, came to be to where you're at today. I think when we were looking to book you, Lindsay, um, you know, you, you said to me, oh, I'm, I'm so honored and so excited. And yet you're like, really, you want to have me on? I'm not really um, doing this work at the moment. And I said, you know, I talked to Lindsay back um, last summer during the middle of COVID when I was hosting a sort of um, Goddard uh, get together reunion uh, through Zoom, and and she just said, "I think I'm I'm leaving. Um, I'm going to leave my school where I'm the head of school and this progressive holistic." And and in one way, I'm going, um, "Wow, that would be so hard to do and leave." And at the same time, so Goddardy and so wonderful and beautiful. And I thought, um, no, this is going to be wonderful to have Lindsay on because part of that journey is those transitions. And I can't wait to hear about that. It, it gave me a lot of confidence as, as I am in transitioning as well and being part of the Alumni Council. I'm sure Amanda knows about that also. So Lindsay, can you please just give us a little bit about, about your um, pre-Goddard history and your, your work in education? And I know you've seemed to hit so many different areas in early childhood and education and how that became part of your life and who you are. Sure. Yeah, thanks. I, um, let's see. I went to UVM for my undergrad. And when I first applied there, I had no idea what I wanted to major in. I just like, I think I picked communications as sort of a random major. And then... I quickly changed it to pre-vet. I thought, I like animals. Maybe I'll be a vet. And so I I didn't know what I wanted. I, it was, <laughs> I wasn't ready to go to school. But I don't regret any of my experience at UVM. I had a great time there. But I um, basically, I got to like my senior year at UVM, and I was pretty much over the pre-vet thing. Um, but I just continued, I don't know, I decided to just, all right, I'll just graduate with an animal science degree and we'll see what happens. But, um, before that, I think it was my junior year at UVM. I needed to get a job because I was living in an apartment and I needed some income to afford to live in an apartment. <laughs> and I was looking for jobs that fit my class schedule and the only sort of appealing position I saw was this after school teacher position. And I had never babysat before, except maybe my cousin, my like my younger cousin a couple of times. Not really interested in kids or school or <laughs> anything. But I was like, well, this works with my schedule. This seems like kind of a cool school. I'll give it a try. And so I applied um, to the Bellwether School, and which is, I have a long history with the Bellwether School, which you'll find out that's all part of it. Um, and I ended up getting the job and with no experience, but <laughs> I don't know, I guess they had a good feeling about me. Um, and so I started working as an after school teacher and I very quickly 
started to fall in love with education. And the Bellwether School is, um, it's a holistic school. And so that was sort of my first exposure, even to the word holistic, I think. Mm. And um, that just, that was kind of the start of this path was discovering this progressive school that focused on the whole child, not just the strict academics, but also like, who is this child as a person? And it's about helping, the education philosophy is about helping students to understand themselves, which is amazing, especially for a preschool through sixth grade school to be offering that kind of education. And it's so important for kids to be getting that kind of education, I feel. Um, and so that was really eye-opening to me. And it just sort of opened my eyes to all these new ideas. Um, and I, there were a couple of teachers there who had been to Goddard and mm. did the education program there. And so that sort of planted a little seed, a little Goddard seed in my head, because I really respected those particular educators. And I loved what they were doing. And I thought, well, they went to Goddard and that's where they learned to be great educators. Like I'm putting a pin in that because that's on my list of things I maybe want to look into one day. And so I I did the after school program there for three years. And at that point, at the thir- in the third year, I had graduated and was just, I was working like three different jobs at that time. I was doing after school. I was working at a bagel bakery <laughs> and I was working at the dump. So I had <laughs> three jobs trying to pay rent and make a living in Burlington as a, you know, 21 year old. And I realized I need to find a job that has benefits. I can't do all these part-time jobs. I need, I need health insurance. (laughs) And so I ended up looking for full-time jobs and the only jobs that were appealing to me were jobs in education, even though I had this animal science degree. I was just, I, the, I had like been bit by the bug of education. And so I spent a little bit of time working as a preschool teaching assistant at a school in Randolph, Vermont. And then I had the opportunity to move to New York, rural New York. Be careful <laughs> what I say here. <laughs> um, and I ended up finding a job as a classroom teacher at a, um, it's called Agribusiness Child Development. It's a head start for um, migrant families. Oh, that's and, awesome. And yeah, it was really, it was really cool. And Spanish was the primary language of all of the students. I was teaching in a toddler room. Um, most of my um, colleagues were also Spanish speaking as their first language. And so mm-hmm. that was, that was like a whole new experience for growing up in Vermont which I guess I didn't mention that part. Vermont is a big bubble. And um, it really opened my eyes to a whole lot of other ways of living. And I didn't even know that there was this like huge migrant population Mm -hmm. um, working in New York. And then I later found out that there's a huge migrant population here in Vermont that I didn't even know about. (laughs) Um, 
And so I stayed there for three years and I started to just kind of feel like it was not a high paying job. It was a year round program. So I wasn't getting like summers off and and I wasn't, I just like, I wasn't making enough money. And I started noticing there were some philosophical mismatches Mm. between how I felt about education and what the program I was at was choosing to value. Okay. That sounds okay, right? <laughs> of course it does. I'm curious as to what those are. Yes. <laughs> My if values? You can be both. Or there, like, yeah. What's the mismatch? Yeah. Let, let's just be transparent around sort of holistic and democratic and progressive ed and how that sort of works with that philosophy, right? You're going to find yes. things, I think you would agree, Lindsay, that um, fit sort of uh, those philosophies. But when you are looking at the whole person um, and you're looking at democratic and progressive ideas, you're always going to find some challenges there. And And to think about it, and Lindsay, maybe you can talk a little bit about this. When you're there, it sounds like this migrant population and this sort of exposure to this culture and this new experience in that regard, that was the learning for you in that regard, right? And that that communication relationship and that serving of that, um, which again – is course ed, right? That that is the learning. Yeah. It might not yeah. be the schooling in that always that always matches that philosophy. But yeah, I love as Amanda said, um, to hear a little bit about why that, you know, you know, these ideas build in that regard. And I, I know I live my life in that sort of educational realm as you do, Lindsay, and those philosophies. Why why was that starting to feel like a mismatch? And how did that sort of come about for you to move on from from that position and, and go? Yeah, I I think as I as I, um, I'll start first just by saying like everything about the students, my colleagues, um, I fell in love with those families. I fell in love with my like co-teachers and I, that was all a really good experience. There were some top down kinds of things that started to make me feel uncomfortable and it just didn't feel like it was hitting all of the holistic pieces and it there was like a very strong focus on the this curriculum that's like a well-known curriculum for early childhood and preschool and I just felt like a lot of it was great but it wasn't the whole picture and I found it really hard I mean I because I started at Bellwether which was just like almost a little bit of a Goddard for kids Mm -hmm. kind of school. And so that was already instilled in me. And I was seeing, there was just, I felt like there was so much more that we could be doing. Mm -hmm. And I worked in different ways to try to affect positive change. And I just found that I kept getting stuck. And, and I started to feel um, less and less fulfilled in what I was doing. And this is when Goddard started creeping back into my head because one, I was like looking to get back to Vermont. Not that you have to live in Vermont to go to Goddard, but it was sort of like my ticket to start getting myself back to Vermont. And um, I just, I made the decision that I wanted to have the proper credentials to work in a school that was like a like a I wanted to get my teaching license and I wanted to work in a school that was sort of a 
regular school, not like a year round. It sometimes felt like I was doing daycare a little bit and not to knock daycare because there's some amazing programs out there, but it just wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling like what I knew I wanted to do with education. And so I decided I want to get my teaching license so that I can work at a school, maybe like Bellwether or maybe even a public school in Vermont. But I just knew that I wanted to, I felt like I wanted to work with older kids and have my own class. And I just felt like there was more, (laughs) there was more for me. And so that was when I started thinking about Goddard again. And I just felt like, all right, I'm going to just look into this. I'm going to go on the website, see what this is about. And and then I think Sue Fleming was the director of the education program at the time. Mm-hmm. And she called me and talked to me about the program. And just like within five seconds of hearing her voice, I was just like, this is where I need to be. This, <laughs> this place just gets it. This is what I need to do. And so I just went for it. And I started in uh, January of 2010. Okay. And that was when I met Casey, although you were <laughs> close to on your way out. When did you graduate in 2010? No, 2011. So that was just my second semester. Oh, okay. Yep. So we were oh, okay. yeah. jamming a little yeah. bit for there, a few, couple semesters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just sort of like a feeling of just wanting to be able to offer more and wanting to have more credentials and. I had never been to any schooling for education at this point. It was all just experience working as assistant teaching or uh, after school. So that's, you know, Lindsay, that's so interesting. You talk about that, right? I mean, you really weren't an early childhood educator, right? But you were in early childhood education, right? You're at Bellwether, which is holistic ed, but you really never had experience with holistic ed, right? In your undergrad. It's it's like the experience for you, um, which is sometimes the best learning model we can have, happened before the study, before the philosophy, right? Before the books, right? Which um, is is beautiful. And yet when you got to Goddard, um, those things coalesce and came together. And I know um, Sue Sue is definitely someone that, that does that. Um, and so that's, yeah, because I felt the same way when I was there. It was just like, oh, this makes sense because I came out of a liberal arts, very progressive school like, like, like Goddard, but it didn't have the holistic element fully to it. And when I got to Goddard, I felt like, oh, they, they really um, pride themselves and encompass themselves around you as a person. Um, amazing. Like we're human beings. Like that's part of how learning sort of should exist. And yet you have been experiencing that already, both through some of the migrant work, but you know, um, the schools, but also with the bellwether. And, and so, um, before we move on, you know, it's Goddard about maybe the study, just give me a little bit about being an educator, because this is a big deal for me. I remember, um, working with, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, or, or colleagues, <laughs> one of my fellow students, Scott, Scott was also on the board, of the uh, of the so Fort Goddard, and he was like, you know, there's always someone that needs to be from. He wasn't trying to be like all like you know patting himself on the back, but he was like, there needs to be someone from EDU on the board at Goddard to make sure that Goddard stays Goddard. And I know Amanda, you can <laughs> say as you know alumni council is we sort of are making up things how important it is um, to be close to the board in some ways and be representative to maintain um, Goddard that way. Can you just explain, Lindsay, because 
it's important for me to imagine it is for you as a holistic educator, what it was like to be in that experience of Goddard and, and Bellwether as well, um, working there, and then being a person in education living in that. You know, because I think that's an important thing to be a student at Goddard, but that you're living that kind of alternative model that's very radically looking at education differently and, and what that really means um, and what that feels like really as a person, a holistic educator. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it was it was so many things. The words that were things that were coming to my mind as you were saying that were mind blowing, synchronicity. Uh, what was the other one? I had I had another one. Oh, meta. It was like very meta. I I remember because I was there to learn how to be a holistic educator, and I was doing it in a school as a student being taught in a holistic way and it was just like I was constantly grateful for that and aware of that I think there were I I I just remember feeling so lucky to be having this opportunity where I'm like I am getting to experience what it's like to be a student in this sort of setting where I want to be teaching eventually like I want to be doing Mm -hmm. this for students eventually and it just they still like I think about it now and I still just feel like I get like goosebumps. It's a really amazing opportunity. Um and so I came in with some of my own philosophy and values because I had already been experiencing some of that um out in the field, but I what I learned through the process of being there and what I continue to learn now is like, it's just exponential. It was, I was so ready for this. It was like the perfect timing. I was so ready for the opportunity when it came. And I don't know, the two years that I was at Goddard, it was, it was like, I I think I just woke up every day and was like, I can't believe I get, to be doing this right now. This is super special. (laughs) That's so awesome. Um, I'm curious because um, holistic is a word that has come up a number of times. So like, what, what does that in particular mean for you? And like, how has it shown up for you in, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about it, but I think people have different definitions. So I would love to hear about it. Yeah. So as I apply it to education, I think of holistic education as educating the whole child or the whole person. Mm-hmm. And my definition of the word holistic is basically it's it's a recognition that everything is interconnected and that you can't reference any one part of a system like a person, for example, without referencing the whole. And mm. so my emotional well-being is connected to my physical well-being, is connected to my mental well-being, is connected to my spiritual well-being. All of these pieces work with one another. And mm-hmm. it's sort of about finding balance and wholeness. That's mm-hmm. where holistic comes from the word wholeness sure sure preach and so (laughs) 
And so as that, again, as that applies to education, um, holistic education means that we are focused on all the different aspects of a child's experience. And so we're teaching them math. We're teaching them science. We're also teaching them social emotional skills. We're asking them to be deeply reflective of themselves. Um, conflict resolution is super duper important. Uh, um, managing just relationships. I actually wrote my thesis on meaningful relationships in education because it, it was a huge focus for me. Just not only my relationship to my students, but my relationship to my colleagues. And my students' relationships to their learning and their relationships, like, and then like their family life. It's just, you know, you really, when you engage in holistic education, it's a, it's a community effort and it's a family affair and everyone gets involved and it just creates this like really special, um, it's like a, a holistic educator hold space. I feel like that's a big part of, I think all educators hold space, but it's one of the phrases that I use a lot when I think about my time teaching. I was holding space for kids to explore and be themselves and figure out what works and what doesn't work and what's my passion. And maybe that's not my passion. And just, just really just it, it, it's a very fulfilling when it's done like right and you're hitting all of those interconnected pieces and connecting them all together it feels really fulfilling yeah there's there's sort of this sense and thank you for that description Lindsay, because there's so many pieces of that that i would reiterate and um definitely um agree upon that you're saying and there's this sense of as you open up those doors in holistic ed and you see that interconnectivity both physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all together, more doors continue to open. You you know it's like it's like it's like you have the key to like how learning exists within the body of, of people. And then that goes on to the body of the community. And it's like, you begin to see things. I remember when I was writing my thesis and I won't go too long on this, but I was on community ed and that was not something on my radar. I was a strict sort of political side schooling kind of guy, you know, and as I got down to Goddard, it was like, Oh no, I have to move. You know, and you talk about the relationships and I'm sitting at the cafe working on my thesis and it became a moment where all I saw in the entire cafe and the community was learning. That was it. It was just learning was mm-hmm. literally existing in all forms, everything, whether it was, you know, the baristas talking to themselves about the new uh, latte they're creating or, you know, the, the, the couple sitting there talking about, you know, the, the, what they had done that day and how that had shaped their view on something or talking about the politics of the day or, you know, or someone studying their, 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 their um, uh, you know, after school program uh, worksheet or whatever, you know, homework or whatever. It's just like the idea that, that, learning is um, existing continually in and outside of walls and that kind of thing. So um, thank you for that, that explanation. Lindsay, can you talk a little bit about, you know, your actual studies at Goddard and, and sort of like, you know, because I don't know if, you know, our, our listeners should know, but, you know, you're not living on campus fully. 
which is, you know, you go there for a short period of time and then you, you leave and you come back. I always defined it as sort of this heartbeat that is sort of existing when you go back to Goddard and then you leave and take into the world and then come back. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about your two years at Goddard and what that was like to sort of engage in that process and what you studied there and how you brought those philosophies in being at Bellwether. And that is your first exposure to education, which is I think beautiful and amazing. Less cars, right? Less cars um, that way. And then, and then, what you did, what you did at Goddard during that time, and what that meant. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm I'm typically a pretty shy person, <laughs> and so I just I have such a vivid memory of arriving at Goddard the first night, parking my car in the parking lot, and then like not being totally sure where, like which direction am I going in? What building do I go to? And I found my way and the program director was there and she just gave me this huge hug first thing. <laughs> and I was like, and she said, I think she even said like, welcome home or something like Aww. that. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm in the right place. Mm. And um, all of the nerves I was feeling just like melted away. and. Mm. Um, and everything about how they set up just getting to know people, you know, you're sitting every, every workshop, you're sitting in a circle, everybody introduces themselves. And so you've introduced yourself 50 times, which mm-hmm. is actually a really good, uh, practice, <laughs> I think. And then you get to see what other people are interested in. And then through that, you start making connections with other people and it was very quickly, maybe just like within the first 24 hours, it had already started to feel like a community. And I think, I think it's safe to say that for me, Goddard was the first place that I ever truly experienced that feeling of being a part of the community and feeling like I had a role in a community. Um, which was in itself its own just really amazing thing to experience. I to to be I think I was in my mid twenties and that was my first time experiencing community. It was just really special. And um the residencies I I wish I could still go to residencies every twice a year. I would sign mm-hmm. up for that because just I really appreciated being with fellow educators and I appreciated too, that we were all different in our, in our focuses. We weren't all early childhood. We weren't all teachers necessarily. There was all different ways of approaching education. And I learned so much from what other people were doing, other people's perspectives, just tons of time sitting in circles, whether in workshops or at the music building, around the fire, just getting to hear other people share their experiences. And that alone just opened up my world so much more. Um, and I missed everybody when we all went home and did our work independently. But I think we all, we stayed pretty well in touch we used to do like Skype group calls and we definitely stayed connected and um some people who lived closer you know we made a lot of uh 
road trips to go visit each other and see each other in between residencies. Um, so that is that part of it is just the, like the really super heartwarming part of it all. And then the actual like nitty gritty getting down to doing the work of Goddard. I mean, that leads to heartwarming feelings too, actually, if I think about it. But I, I never worked, I never knew I could work so hard <laughs> until <laughs> I went to Goddard. And I always say, if I had applied myself half as much as I did at Goddard when I was in high school or undergrad, like I would have ended up at like some really fancy special college <laughs> because I worked my ass off. Am I allowed to say that? Um, (laughs) I, but I, but I loved every, well, I won't say I loved every second of it, but I look back on it with lots of love. There were definitely stressful moments, but mostly just procrastination stress. That's only me to play. Uh, yeah. And, and um, we all had that. <laughs> no matter, you know, I think like no matter what program you were in, we all procrastinated and, you know, stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> There's also the idea, Lindsay, of like, you no longer have the, the toll to you, right? You know, the toll is not there. This is what you have to do, right? So the idea of, yeah. I didn't know I could work that hard. Well, that's, that's on you. That's on you, Linz, to work yeah. out. Right? I mean, that is yeah. all sort of self-motivating and creating. And, and it's amazing once that power and ownership in learning is given. And then when it's surrounded by the idea of being uh, valued, um, how hard you want yeah. to work. You know, how hard you want to work. Yeah. It's, it's different. It comes from a different place. It's not a top-down sort of, you know, instructional yeah. place. It's from a, a place of embracing, you know? Yeah. I would say it was the first, it was a lot of firsts for me, my experience at Goddard. It was definitely the first time I had felt empowered to take my education into my own hands. And I felt like I was seen as almost a peer with all of the faculty. Like they didn't treat me like I was a sub. <laughs> human to them like they were (laughs) (laughs) which which can sort of be the experience at like a bigger university like they don't even have time for you they've got so many students they don't want to like they don't want to give you any time and to be able to just like have a casual conversation with the amazing faculty that we have at Goddard was I just felt like I had struck gold and there was another thing I wanted to say about it's another like sort of meta moment where I would realize like I the reason I'm working so hard is because I'm passionate about what I'm studying. I found something that I am so excited to learn about. I can't wait to get out and do it. I am living it. I am doing it. It and to then like sort of project myself forward and think. And then I get to like provide this kind of education for my students and model for them the passion that I have for learning. And to this day, like right now, right this second, I am still so passionate about learning and I'm, I'm always learning 
something, if not many things. Um, and that's because of Goddard. It's, it's because of what I learned about myself and what I learned that I was capable of and the empowerment that I felt to, that I could, I could do whatever I want if I just like take the time to learn about it and work hard. Like I can, I can, I can learn whatever I want to learn really. And I don't think I had that uh, confidence or self-esteem in myself before I went through the Goddard process. That's awesome. I was curious. Um, so you said earlier, like uh, the seed was planted at Bellwether um, because there were like Goddard alum there um, that you you really admired as great educators. What was it in them that you admired and were you able to find that when you yourself went to Goddard? Um, I think one of, well, one thing was that I, they were intellectual. They were super intellectual people who I just admired for their brains and how smart they sounded when they talked about education. And I felt like I want to sound like that when I talk about <laughs> education. Sure. But also it was just in their interactions with their students and the way that they sort of level, like came down to, not down. Ooh, that sounded not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but kids are shorter than us, so you have to yeah. get down. <laughs> yes. it, is. it just felt like, again, like I was just saying the peer relationship I felt with the faculty, I saw that dynamic with the teachers, with their students. And mm. I... I'll never forget the first time I went to Bellwether, uh, I went into one of the classrooms and one of the teachers was having the kids organize their, put their colored pencils away. And they had a system where warm colored pencils, warm colored colored pencils went in one cup and the cooler colors went in another. And I was watching the teacher watch a student, you know, orange, yellow, red, orange, orange. And then they like, popped a blue one in there and looked at the teacher knowing that they put it in like the wrong one. And the teacher just was like, he gave him this look, gave the student this like look of like, come on. And then he kind of laughed and was like, try again. And it was just this very like, and then the kid kind of laughed and smiled and then put it in the other one. But there was just, I could see something about their relationship in that moment. Like I could see everything that had been built up to get to that moment where the teacher could kind of like, you know, gently like nudge or jab or like in a very humorous way. And the kid was doing it to the teacher too. It was just this very friendly sort of jokey Whereas my experience in elementary school was like, you get in trouble if you like mess with the teacher sure. like that. And the teacher certainly wasn't going to be like, come on. They'd be like, you need to put that in the right cup. <laughs> like, maybe not quite like that. But I don't know if like, if there's like a facial expression in that story that I just told you that obviously will not be conveyed <laughs> through an audio <laughs> format. So I don't know if that get the 
the feeling gets conveyed through that story. But there was just this feeling like I could see all this underlying work that had been done to develop this relationship between the teacher and the student that was comfortable. And, and some of that is who the teacher was as a person, but it also had to do with like the Goddard way of just the relationship being really important. And I just had never experienced education in that way where you, the teacher and the student were almost equal. And it just felt very, I don't know, it just felt very authentic. And Mm -hmm. that seems really special and important. That's that's amazing. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, so as you're studying at Goddard and you're going to these residencies and you're building these relationships, what are some of the, um, you know, the work, you know, you talk about working your ass off there and, and doing that sort of um, intellectual studies. And, and, and now you're bringing in some of these additional philosophies and ideas based also on the praxis that you've done and, and that kind of thing in the work. Um, what do you feel when you when you came out of Goddard in, in your degree and that kind of thing? What were some of the um, elevations and, and growth and the out, outbursts that that came from the actual work and that and that in your thesis and some of those um, ideas that that sort of continued to percolate and grow based both on the relationships you built and the actual um, studies that you that you undertook while there? Yeah. So I um, when I left Goddard. When I graduated from Goddard, I was working at the school where I did my student teaching, um, which is in Montpelier, Vermont. It's called the River Rock School. They actually, sadly, just closed this past year. Um, But it's a really awesome, amazing school. Another holistic school, similar philosophy to the Bellwether School. Um, Another, like, Goddard for Kids kind of school. Actually, like, probably even more Goddard than Bellwether, actually. This the, the It was a different sense of freedom that the kids experienced at River Rock. Um, and the kids kind of ran the school in a way, which was <laughs> awesome. And coming fresh out of Goddard, you know, to come to a school where they have uh, the bumper sticker uh, question authority on, like, the teacher's cabinet. I was like, this is the place. Um, I... I I was able to like just jump right in to teaching and feel I felt super confident about what I was doing and I believed in the philosophy so much. Um so as I was I was there for about three years, it it's so hard to explain because it's this like it's these like concentric circles, but then they start to spiral in on each other. The process of like the learning, it starts this like sort of micro surfacey level where you're like, okay, I'm doing this work. I'm, I'm a Goddard graduate. I'm getting to work at a school that has the same philosophy as Goddard. And then I started to notice how much it was working on me. So I'm delivering this type of education, but it's also changing me and I'm becoming more whole as a person Mm. because of it. And it really, I want to say like Goddard set me on this path of self-discovery 
that mm. I don't see any end to it. This is like the rest of my life is just learning about myself and who I am and like becoming who I am. And it was so amazing to get to teach in a way that helps kids discover that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the both both um, Bellwether and River Rock use something called emergent curriculum, mm-hmm. which means there isn't a oh, under there is no set curriculum. It's all based on teacher observations of what the kids are choosing to do, what they're interested in, and then eventually, sort of a theme will develop and then you kind of take that theme and then you fit in all of the academic, social, emotional pieces into that theme. So like a common example that I'll use is um, my students became really interested in outer space when we read, um, I think it was like the magic school bus where they go to outer space. And they were like, can we go on a field trip to outer space? And I said, sure, but you know, we got to learn about space. We can't just go to space without knowing anything about it. And then that like set off this like four month curriculum learning about planets and stars. And, and these were uh, kindergarten and first graders. And so in a, in a public school, you don't even touch that topic in that age. Sure. That's not, that's like an older, that's like second, third grade, maybe. Right. Right. But they, they were so excited about it. And so, and I didn't really know anything about outer space or planet. <laughs> and so I was like, well, this is why I had to do with Goddard. I had to learn. I had to figure out how to learn about it. And so, like, I got to do that alongside the students. And, again, it's just, there's all this meta. <laughs> it's just, like, this That's super really cool. synchronistic meta kind of experience. But, yeah, I got to, like, show them and model for them what I had been doing. And we had a blast. We had a really great time learning about our space. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. That's a great example. So do you use like space to do math or like, you know, like how does that work? Yeah. So math and science are sort of the easier Right. one to to cover with uh outer space and sure. so, there, so then there's like how do you do physical development how do you well mm-hmm. and reading is all like literature or um literacy i mean is also pretty easy to incorporate yeah. but then you have to get kind of uh creative <laughs> about how to fit these other pieces in but you know i learned a bunch of movement games and we I mean, a really cool movement thing is that everybody is a different planet and one person is the sun. And then we figured out how to, well, we tried to figure out how we all revolved and rotated around the sun. Um, And they come up with really good ideas too. So it's this collaborative project as well. And I think that is another important piece to being a holistic educator or any educator. And something that I learned at Goddard is just like, uh, humility at the same time, yeah. like to be able to go into something and know that you don't know everything about it and you probably can't ever know everything mm-hmm. about it. 
I think is such a, it's, it's like a really awe-inspiring thing to acknowledge, actually. So important, so important especially <laughs> and, if you look at the world currently with misinformation, right? This idea of self-reflection, mm-hmm. right, and own biases is absolutely essential. Don't, don't believe yeah. everything or that everything you think you know is right as well, right? I mean, that is so okay. valuable. Well, Lindsay, as we're yeah. not wrapping up yet, but I want to just transition us a little bit here because you have such an extensive resume and background. And um, we see that, you know, those meta connections and that work of after school and holistic ed and that and that Goddard time and then becoming a teacher at, at River Rock and doing that kind of, you know, uh, that kind of work. And there's so much, um, I was involved with the Sudsbury School out here. So I, I understand what you're talking about and, and those those emergent learnings it's so incredible to think about that as growth but then you transitioned and this again is so goddard movement it became even though it was at a holistic you know and progressive school you became uh, a head of school um, in um, in Williston, and I'd love to hear about that transition real quick. And what that looked like to go to an administrative position, and then holding that in a space of a progressive holistic school, and what that meant for you and and for educators um, that are thinking about maybe transitioning from teaching to being in administration. Yeah, and just the different the components of that because that seems like a difficult and yet rewarding and still a sense of a place because it's interesting. You were able to do this work in a progressive and holistic realm. It continues to be at the center of a lot of the work you've done in education, which I think is beautiful and yet maybe also um, different than some people have in a traditional schooling administrative environment as well. Yeah. So – I I actually taught for three years in three different classrooms at Bellwether. So I left River Rock and went back to Bellwether to teach, which had been a dream of mine since I was an after-school teacher there when I first got started. I I knew I hoped to one day work at Bellwether again, or at least a school like Bellwether. And one quick thing I want to say that's kind of fun about the story is Ron Miller is, has a lot of Goddard education affiliations and ties. And he, is, he was the one who founded the Bellwether School back mm-hmm. in 1995. And so he was always, when I first went to Bellwether, I read his book, um, one of his books, and I, he was like a celebrity hero to me. And I got to meet him at um, the Aero Conference, yeah. which is an alternative education resources organization. Uh, they have an annual conference. And I, I think it was my first year at Goddard. I went to that conference with Scott, actually, who we mentioned earlier. And um, I got to meet Ron Miller. He signed the book that I bought. And I just told him, (laughs) I mean, I got to look in his eyes and say, you are the reason I'm an educator. Bellwether Mm. is why I am here. I'm at Goddard right now. And one day I really hope to lead, be a leader in a school like the Bellwether School. And then he wrote something about like, I hope you find your community or something like in relation to what I had said to him, which I like still have and like holds <laughs> my heart every once in a while. And so I had sort of set this goal for myself 
in like, my first year at Goddard that I really wanted to lead a, a holistic school one day. Not thinking that it would come anytime soon. I, I figured it would be maybe 10, 20, 30 years before <laughs> I got there. So fast forward to I'm at Bellwether. Um, I taught there for three years and the position, my second year there, the position of the head of school uh, opened up and I had been encouraged by a few people to apply. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I, I, I don't have enough experience. I, I can't do that yet. I'm not ready for that. And so I didn't apply and we hired somebody and it didn't work out. And so my third year teaching there, we ended up being mostly without a head of school, um, which was interesting in itself. And throughout that process, I just sort of kept stepping up in different ways that I didn't even really notice I was doing it. I just saw stuff needed to happen and we needed some leadership. And, and then I started to feel like, maybe I will apply this time. And then again, a couple of people approached me and wondered if I would apply. And it was just weird. They saw this thing in me that I hadn't yet seen in myself. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to try. I'm going to go for it because this is one of my goals. I feel super passionate about this. I love this school. I was like, what, what, what harm could come of at least applying? And that whole process was really interesting and um, challenging and exciting. And I would say the most challenging part of it for me, and this goes, I mean, not just the process of interviewing, but all three and a half years that I held the position as head of school was going from colleague to supervisor with my coworkers. That was really, really challenging in ways that I predicted and other ways that I couldn't have predicted. And some of my most like meaningful growth came from those challenges for sure, which shouldn't surprise anybody <laughs> that's where all the good learning comes from um so it was like kind of a whirlwind at first i th- i knew i knew the community i knew the school i knew the philosophy those were my strengths um i know i understood the curriculum and how to implement it and i understood the needs of teachers and so in those ways I felt really well suited for the position. And then there's all sorts of the administrative pieces, which I didn't have that much experience with. And that was the stuff that was like me coming up against my edge. Um, I had a super supportive board though. And they, um, they sent me to basically what's known as head of school boot camp, which is put on by NAIS, uh, national what is that one i don't know that one now the 
National Association of Independent Schools. That's correct. I think that's it. Yes. And so I went down to Atlanta and did a week-long head of school boot camp there where it was all uh, first or second year heads of schools or heads of uh, departments who were, it was just like teaching you all of the different things, just kind of like an info blast. And it was, it was like a Goddard residency, actually. It was really not quite as much fun as a Goddard residency, (laughs) but it was, (laughs) it was fun. And I made some really good connections with other heads of schools, which I continued to reach out to throughout my tenure as the head of school at Bellwether. And so that, I, I think I got, so much out of that little boot camp because of my experience with Goddard residencies, because I was like, all right, I get this. I know what this is about. I can do this. Um, yeah. And then I'll never forget my first day officially as head of school. Like there's nobody in the building. It's July. I like, got into my office and I just look around like, like, what do I do? <laughs> and I just started like going through files. And then eventually I got an email and, I was like, okay, a task. And then it's just, I sort of just figured it out as I went along with a lot of um, professional development throughout the time that I was being ahead of school. But one of the reasons I love being ahead of school at a school like Bellwether is that we really take the holistic piece of it very seriously. And it's not just applied to students, it's also applied to staff. And so, everybody gets treated as a whole person. And it's really important that teachers are taking good care of themselves. And that was part of my job that I was most excited about was just because I had been a teacher and I knew how stressful it can be. And yes, it's rewarding and wonderful. And maybe one day I'll go back to teaching. I don't know why I said I'm done with education, but it's a really amazing career path and having been on that side of it, I felt really excited to be able to offer from my administrative position to offer that kind of support to the teachers to give back to them what they are giving to the students and their families. And that is challenging to do with, you know, the lack of resources that a small independent school has. But I do feel like I had some really good uh, foundation laid for me before I took over. And that became some of the most rewarding work for me in that role was getting to do for teachers what I used to do for kids. Right. The progression of that, right? That ripple effect. Yeah. To be able to do that. Right. Right. Um, That's, that's amazing. Um, And then Lindsay, you know, I just want to hit on a couple of these last things before we let you go, because I know time's being short and I I do apologize to Amanda for for kind of taking over. It's just my EDU kind of senses. uh, (laughs) uh, No, I love it. Um, (laughs) So so Lindsay, there's two things I really want to touch on in these, these final minutes. Um, One, your decision now to leave and having left that position and head of school. And it's so amazing because like I said, when you told me this last summer, I was like, 
that's awesome. And I think like that sort of thing is like once you know you're you made all this progress, you've been this after school teacher, you've been this lead teacher, you've 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 gone to the Goddard and the holistic, and then all of a sudden you get to this sort of like what a lot of people on a on a um thought process that would not be Goddardy would think, oh, pinnacle, bam, I'm I'm principal or head of school, like I got the board approaching me. I'm in a small independent progressive school. I mean, I'm hitting all the marks, you know, I'm dropping the mic. And yet for you at that point, um, you're like, I'm done. I'm out. And the brave step to take off of that, and 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 I don't know the reasons yet, but I can't wait to hear them uh, <laughs> continue to inspire me. And I think that is um <clears throat> I think a lot of Goddard alumni can feel that same way with those transitions. Can you just talk about <clears throat> the courage to do that, what that meant and why you did that and um, what, what, what it took in you to sort of take that, that, that step? Yeah. Um, it was a lot. It was. And if I think back on it, it was, it was a long process to come to the realization that, it was time to, for me to move on. Um, you know, there's some pretty parts of it and there's some not so pretty parts of it. As I mentioned, ind- most independent schools are, don't have a ton of resources. And so that was part of my challenge. And um, I think that is a part of what played into me feeling like a little burnt out. Um, eventually, like after a while, it, 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 I was finding that I wasn't doing good self-care on myself and I was preaching it, but I wasn't doing a good job of walking the walk. And I started to, I, I think what happened was I started noticing like these new skills I was developing, um, like a different level of holding space for people as a head of school you have a lot of difficult conversations there's Mm. um there's there's a lot of rewarding there's more far more rewarding conversations than there are challenging conversations but the challenging ones always feel pretty big right and so I was noticing that I was getting really good at holding space in these challenging conversations Mm. and feeling really rewarded after, you know, resolution came, whatever the situation was. And I started to feel like more called to that sort of work a little bit. Um, And I also had been developing some of my own skills, partly as professional development, but they also very much overlapped with self-development. Um, I got my Reiki certification a couple of years ago, and I have become interested in other sort of alternative healing modalities and have been learning a lot about that. But I was also finding that it was hard for me to find the time to invest in these new interests that I had because being the head of school, you're always on and your time is not really your own, at least in, in, the, in my, the way it was set up for me. 
I didn't have like an administration team, like a lot of schools do. It was pretty much just me and then one other administrator who was part-time. And so wow. I was finding that um, I was sort of losing myself because mm-hmm. mo- so much of my time was dedicated to this school that I love and care about and want to do well. And um, that like led me into seeking out more and more knowledge about these alternative healing modalities mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, actually, I really want to work almost exclusively in these healing modalities because I'm mm-hmm. finding a lot of healing for myself and I want to share with others what I've learned. And I wasn't able to see how I could do that within the school and do all the administrative stuff on top of it. And I've never had mm-hmm. a passion for administrative work. I lo- I mean, I love like checking things off of a to-do list. That feels great, <laughs> which is a lot of administrative work. But um, I just sort of started feeling more and more called to focusing on this other work. And I wasn't figuring out how to do both. And so I started to, my health started to sort of go downhill a little bit, um, just from being tired, anxious, you know, a lot of stuff started to build up and I was just noticing that I was feeling while I like, will always have a passion for bellwether and I love it and support the school forever. Like I can't say enough good things about that place. I just felt like I was kind of growing out of it. And that in itself came with a lot of complicated feelings Mm. because when you're in that role, you start to feel like, well, I can't leave because what will they do without me? And it's, it's, it's not even like necessarily that it had to be me, but like somebody in that role is they're doing a lot for the school. And so I, and I didn't really know what I was going to do next. So I like hung in there for a while and still was just as passionate, but was also like could no longer deny the other parts of myself that I really wanted to explore. And the decision, this is very Goddardy of me. I was at a fish concert on New Year's <laughs> Eve last year. <laughs> Amazing. Goddardy and Vermont specific. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. can I say? <laughs> That's who I am. Um, yeah. So last New Year's, I was at a fish concert and I had been thinking a lot about being unhappy with my position and just feeling like it wasn't, it just wasn't like filling me up anymore. And I, there's some lyrics in one of the songs that say um, something about an unbreakable net. There's the unbreakable net. And I was like, I'm going to jump. <laughs> I'm going to take a leap. And I'm, and there's an unbreakable net and I'll be okay. Like I'm going to be okay. It's, it's all right if I leave. And I, that was like the moment that I sort of gave myself permission Mm. to give my notice. And, um, I 
gave my notice. I, uh, almost a year ago, it was like in mid January, I let the board know and I let the staff know, and that was painful. And, um, people were upset <laughs> with me and people were happy for me. And it was just like, it was, it's like a family. It's like a very complicated process. And I had originally planned on staying through the school year and then July 1st would have been my first day as a citizen, a free citizen. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know, pandemic happened and the hiring Mm -hmm. process for a new head sort of slowed down. And the board asked me if I would consider staying on a little bit longer. And I said, yes, of course. I don't want to leave the school hanging. And so originally I had agreed to stay through December just to get the school up and running. Um, But over the summer, I started noticing those things creeping up again. And then my health and mental health were sort of declining. And it was, again, this realization of like, no, I really do have to be done. I'm ready to start like taking steps to like my next move, whatever that is, like I got to start working on it. Mm. And so I decided I would stay through September and still get the school open and like running for a month and start passing off my duties to some of the board members who are taking over, we're taking over. And um, so yeah, October 1st was my first day. Um, unpeeling the layers Free. to figure out who I am. <laughs> you know, and, That's amazing. And, and here's the thing, and this is a much longer conversation and we're wrapping up really quickly here so we won't be able to get into that. But Lindsay, I think what you hit on and that, that value is, you know, when you're feeling burnt out and you're feeling this sort of exhaustion, having that consciousness and recognizing that you need to be filled yourself in order to also um, serve Right, you have to be able to serve. You can't do so from an empty, empty vessel. And, Absolutely. And a hero, and a hero complex about whether it's at a small school or whether you're at a large public school and you're trying to push that boulder up the hill with those, you know, large barriers in place. If your mental health and your physical and your spiritual, you know, coming from a place of holistic ed, one of the benefits of that and thinking about it in that way is you're always sort of in present moment with those things and those thoughts and those feelings and that emotional seat. And that can be challenging and difficult. It also can be really rewarding and also require you to to jump off of that net and make those kind of choices. Because in the end, um, a lot of those things, if if you're not being the best of what you are to serve, then how else can you um, – sort of, you know, serve others, uh, in that way and to the, what you want to come out of that. So, um, thank you for sharing that and being so transparent and honest and open about that, because I think there's a lot of teachers and a lot of, you know, aides and administrators and people in the schooling world who are either too afraid to admit that or let their sort of teaching and their, their work suffer and, harm children sometimes, harm colleagues, fact, like whatever the community that's going on because they're not recognizing that sort of place and that sort of environment to yeah. hold space. And so um, thank you for that. Can you just talk about that transition you're thinking about now, especially in regards to, you know, um, holistic wellness? Because, you know, when you think about moving to that and some of that, that work you've been doing and, 
that space you're holding um, differently for people in that conflict resolution and those kind of elements. Um, there, there, <clears throat> there's some debate with Ron Miller and, and holistic ed and with other holistic areas, whether the convergence is fully there or not, whether that's intertwined and interconnected, what that looks like in meditation and exercise, you know, there's all this holistic idea, right? Which is a really broad, as Amanda brought up, can be interpreted differently. And I've gone back and forth on whether I think, you know, how do we concentrate this in education, right? And then how does this learn and work outside of that? So can you talk a little bit about this transition to wellness and what that looks like and how do you hold teaching and learning in that, or maybe you don't, um, and what that sort of looks like as well as you you sort of sit with, you know, this new idea where you're heading. I mean, there is this question, like, can it be done in school? <laughs> and I absolutely do believe that it can be achieved. I think that society, general society, hasn't quite caught up um, and so that is a, a bit of a barrier because just like public school teachers, independent holistic school teachers are putting in more hours than what they're getting paid for. And I think that's just the reality. And until our society as a whole can start to value educators, all educators, um, it's going to be hard to fully realize a fully holistically healthy system. Um, I think you can get super close. And I think if you have a really supportive community at your particular school, you probably can make it happen on like, in like a little bubble level for sure. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. (laughs) Um, and then I I guess like for me and where I'm heading, I'm in exploration mode right now. Mm -hmm. I am, um, I've taken a lot of time. I've done a lot of like inner work and self-development. I'm, my process is nothing close to linear. And so I find myself kind of all over the place in how I'm exploring. I'm like sewing and doing art and also reading books about topics that I'm interested in. And everything that I have done uh, with teaching and Goddard and what I've been up to the past four months, it all falls under this umbrella of holistic wellness. And it's not surprising that I am sort of landing here right now just because of what was opened up for me when I first started at Bellwether, even just this whole new way of thinking about life and living and as a being a whole person. Um, And I, so what I'm working on right now is I'm sort of, trying to develop a practice. I think my goal is I would love to open up a wellness center and offer retreats and services. Um, and a really important part of that is to make that accessible 
a lot of the modalities I'm interested in, like Reiki or like any kind of energy healing, body work, that's typically not accessible to many people, mostly like wealthy white women. And so I would really like to be able, and I'm not wealthy, but I am a white woman. And so entering this field of wellness is a little tricky for me. And so a lot of my hesitancy to jump in is wanting to make sure that I can figure out how to make this accessible to anybody who wants it or everybody needs it. (laughs) I think everybody needs some to find some way of finding their wholeness or returning to their wholeness. And so I'm spending a lot of time envisioning what I want that to look like and what I want that to feel like. I am in a um, holistic wellness and life coaching course right now to get a coaching Mm -hmm. certification as sort of my, just kind of like my next like stepping stone into this world. I obviously can't easily practice Reiki on people right now because of COVID (laughs) and and there is such a thing as distance Reiki, but it's it's not (laughs) exactly doing it for me right now. And so I feel like I want to start developing some of these skills and understandings and build up a wellness practice, starting with coaching and then layering in these other modalities that I have already learned or that I plan to learn eventually. And I mean, it's not, it's in my, somewhere in my brain that I would love to be able to figure out how to bring this schools and offer this to staff, families, um, students, like any, not just holistic schools, any school. Again, I feel like the focus on wholeness is good for everyone. So that is sort of where I am. It, I, it sounds sort of, you know, it's, I'm trusting the process. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And, and I'm doing that work with clientele for my advising, holistic advising work that I already do out here on the West Coast with college students. So I understand where you're coming through with that. Yes. Lindsay. That sounds beautiful to me. I'm, I was thinking in my mind, oh, you know, she can open up some kind of center, right? This healing center, right? That could be a, a school. <laughs> And then taking that into schools is really breaking that wall down and, and being able to do yeah. that in a wellness way is, um, yeah, my goodness, to introduce holistic ed and then converge that with wellness in a way that both feels um, natural and fluid and, and interconnected, I think might bridge a lot of the um, philosophical uh bumping up against one another that happens in those sort of two approaches, you know, the idea of uh, that world of, of wellness. And then how does that look with Ron Miller's kind of holistic ed, you know, exploration and built up. So um, Mm -hmm. in schooling, so um, that's great work. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. We have just had a wonderful time um, listening to your journey. And as a Goddard alumni, um, being inspired by you, you continue to inspire me um, when you take those risks and chances and that work you're doing to uh, provide uh, space uh, for learners and growth. And I am both um, a little jealous um, of the cool work you've been able to do and also really inspired uh, by it. And I hope that um, 
I know and I'll hope I know that you'll continue to serve others in wonderful capacities and also be healthy yourself in that process and grow. And that consciousness <laughs> is so important. So thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you both. This has been really fun. I'm always happy to sing the praises of the Goddard way. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Goddard in the World podcast. You can find out more information about Lindsay Drosher in the show notes. Please visit GoddardAlumni.com and sign up uh, so you can be involved in all our fun alumni events. Please check out GoddardAlumni.com as well for our various events that are happening, including the Business Happy Hour that's going to be able to highlight our business owners through Goddard Alumni, as well as their study plan hours, which help you focus in on any future projects that Goddard Alumni have coming up. We're also calling for keynote speakers for our 2021 Alumni Weekend event. Our deadline is March 31st. Thanks for listening to Goddard in the World podcast. This podcast is a project of Goddard Alumni Council. It is produced and hosted by Casey Corona and Amanda Faye Laxon. It is edited by Amanda Faye Laxon. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or would like more information, please visit goddardalumni.com slash podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast in your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.